Hello and welcome to River Talk, where we sit down with some of the Rivertown area's most interesting and notable people. My guest today is professional historian and operations manager for Ossining's Sing Sing Museum, Ms. Nicole DeRisi. Ms. DeRisi, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So first off, are you from the area originally? I was in New York City for about 15 years, Queens area, and uh, moved here in the fall of 2018 with my husband and my son, and then my daughter came soon after. Now, was this something that was in the works for a while, or did it coincide with your involvement with the museum? It was in the works for a while. Um, We knew we wanted to get out of New York City. Um, We knew we wanted to be in a more rural area, but still have access to the city. And I'm originally from Poughkeepsie, so it was a nice sort of in-between place between my family in Poughkeepsie and the ability to get into the city very easily. Sure. Now, uh, you spent 15 years in the city. Uh, You worked there as an adjunct professor. So I did my graduate work at NYU in public history and archives. Um, I was an adjunct faculty member of Wagner College on Staten Island um, doing their History 100 level Who Owns History course for a semester. So where did your passion for history come from? Wow. I don't think anybody's (laughs) ever asked me that. Um... My passion for history really, I think, came from the fact that my family, my grandparents came from Italy, and I had a really deep desire to understand our family history. Um, My family is very large. My dad has 10 brothers and sisters, and I wanted to know why did my grandparents come here, what were the circumstances, and what was their experience, and that really ballooned into the desire to know more about American history and where people came from, why they came here, and what has been, you know, where does that leave us today? As in, What does it mean to be American? Sure. I was going to ask, what are your favorite topics in history? Obviously, the immigration experience is, is Definitely. Big. Definitely. I think immigration is such a wonderful lens to look at American history, Um, why did people want to come to this country and what was offered here? And those are questions that are obviously still incredibly important and relevant today. Um, And then the other side of it was really being interested in uh, criminal justice and social justice, which is sort of how I got involved with the Sing Sing Prison Museum. Let's go to that. Um, (laughs) Obviously, this is is a big deal. It's something people around here are talking about. And it's something people are... Uh, excited about what how did you get involved so the Sing Sing Prison Museum has actually been in the works for I think over 30 years I think the the most the original idea was in the late 80s early 90s with a lot of starts and stops Um, but I would say in the last five years there was a real push um, and a real concerted effort and also some real funding that came in to really be able to push the project forward. And so I had been interested in it in the sense that I had done a lot of research on people that had been incarcerated at Sing Sing, historical research for clients and and in my own family. And I always wanted to learn more and more. I wanted to um, see it. I wanted to go and actually experience it. Um, So I was always keeping tabs on it. And then last year, or about a year and a half ago, I reached out to the executive director, Brent D. Glass, who is the 
director emeritus of the Smithsonian and the executive director of Sing Sing Prison Museum currently. And, you know, just kind of said, hey, how's it going? And we met for some coffee. Um, He invited me on a tour and we just continued to talk and talk and talk about it. And then um, eventually leading to a position as the museum is were really sort of amping up and ramping up for um, opening. Now, obviously, COVID has probably uh, slowed things down a bit. Definitely. Um, You know, right when you're getting this momentum, how's it been like? Yeah, it's been, I think, as for everybody in this country, in this world, it's been really difficult. So much of our museum's development is truly a grassroots approach. So we depend on having small, intimate tours with people where we can take people into the Sing Sing Correctional Facility and actually show them the original Sing Sing Prison, which is a historic ruin in the middle of the correctional facility. Oh, wow. Um, And yeah, when, when it opens back up again, you'll have to come. But that is such a huge part of our strategy for our slow open and development. And COVID, you know, completely kiboshed that. There's no way to get into the prison. It's not safe for anybody. So we really had to pivot. But in, I think, was ended up being a very good pivot because we turned so much of our content into digital content and online content. So we are meeting new audiences that I don't think we would have ever had without COVID. So there is a silver lining, I like to think of. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken with a lot of people in arts organizations who are obviously the con is that there's nothing quite like a live performance, but also they're reaching people in in places they couldn't reach. They're reaching demographics they wouldn't normally reach. So it's, it's a bit of give and take with this sort of thing. Definitely. Now, with the museum... Obviously, there's so many different kinds of stories to tell. There's sure. the architecture and structure and the actual physicality of the location. Mm-hmm. There's the stories of the inmates. There's the story of criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, what are some of the stories that you're hoping to tell with the Sing Sing Museum? Oh, gosh, so many stories. I think, um, first and foremost, our mission is to tell the compelling but also very complex stories of Sing Sing, so both historically and current stories, and also to do it in a respectful way that is people-forward, ensuring that we are humanizing every aspect of this and honoring both people who are victims of crime and people who are incarcerated and justice-related so injustice involved. So we really want to tell the human stories and take out the sensationalism that goes along with it. I think that it really does a disservice to everybody if you're making something into just a sensational topic. It's much more interesting and I think much more compelling when you are telling the human side of the stories and contextualizing it for our audience and for our community members. Um, This isn't everybody's backyard around here and I think understanding it in a nuanced and comprehensive way is just such a better way to be able to have an emotional involvement, emotional attachment with something. So I think the main stories we really want to tell is definitely about the architecture of confinement. Why was this huge building built here? I think that's a relatively sort of unknown story at this time. It was, we're going to be approaching the 200th anniversary of its um, of the construction 
beginning in 2025. And um, so really thinking about why do we confine people and what is the architecture that goes with it? And then the other stories we really want to tell are also stories related to a lot of people don't realize that there was the Mount Pleasant female prison that was on the grounds of Sing Sing. It is arguably the first separate institution for women to incarcerate women. I just think it's such an important part of the history of incarceration in this country, the experience of women, because it is a very unique experience, especially for women that were pregnant and had children while incarcerated, and we have a few stories about that. So I think those are really important stories to tell, and I think that representation matters, and we really want to tell the stories of people who have not been represented in history, right? So Black, Indigenous, people of color, those are stories that we want to be part of that understanding. And those those aren't our stories to tell. That's our job to, to work with people to find those stories. So we are exploring that. And then also exploring, I think, a lot of arts-related programming. So how is criminal justice and social justice reflected in the arts? We really want to be partners with groups like Rehabilitation for the Arts and Hudson Link to think about education and arts as informing um, the story of Sing Sing. So what has your relationship been like with Sing Sing? Obviously, there's a communication going on there. What are their thoughts on it? Sure. So we're really lucky that we have on our board a um, corrections officer. So we have, I think, a really um, wonderful perspective from him. And we have an open dialogue with them. Sing Sing has been very open and very forthcoming and and helpful. We are going to be sharing a space. We're going to be taking over the powerhouse space, which is a garage space that's adjacent to Sing Sing Correctional Facility, and they've been very supportive in um, helping us figure out how we're going to do that and sort of the next steps for that. So it's been a positive relationship. We have dialogue, and that's the most important thing for an ins- a cultural institution, I believe. So you brought up the physical location. It's going to be in a former garage? Sure, yeah. So the actual first phase of the museum will be in what is called the powerhouse garage. This is a garage that was built in the mid-1930s, and it was it was actually the coal-burning area. So all of the power that was used for the prison, including for the electric chair, was made out of this space, out of the powerhouse garage. Currently, it's used as a automotive garage right now. We just received a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities for an Infrastructure and Capacity Building Challenge Grant, and that money will be used to renovate the garage space. Additionally, in that space, we have an area that's called the Preview Center. Um, Those are the former locker rooms of the powerhouse, so it was the place where corrections officers would go and change before they were going on to their shift. And that space will be a preview center. And we see that really, we see all of this as a very intentional, multi-use, multi-purpose, arts, history, humanities space. Um, And one that we can really highlight our partnerships with um, our local partners and also a space for possibly things like re-entry counseling, some services for formerly incarcerated people, services for families of incarcerated people. Um, So we really see it as a multi-purpose space. 
it's very interesting that it will act as a museum, of course, but it will also have all of these sort of social elements to it uh, to Definitely. benefit uh, incarcerated people and their families, and also including the arts. Uh, you brought that up mm-hmm. about the importance of the uh, connection between history and the arts. Mm-hmm. Could, you, could you elaborate a little more on that? Sure. We see this as a huge commitment from the museum. We don't want this to purely just be a sort of stale place where you just go and you see stuff on the walls. I mean, that's really not what the purpose of the space will be. We are currently under development for an exhibition that will um, not only sort of discuss the history of Sing Sing, but also showcase visual artwork by formerly incarcerated artists. So we see this as a really integral part of telling Sing Sing stories. I read an interview with you, actually, where you lamented the fact that attendance at museums has been decreasing steadily over the years. Do you see this as sort of an experiment for a new kind of museum? And and what do you see as the future of museums? Yes, I do see there being perhaps a disinterest in museums because I think that the understanding of museums now is this sort of fuddy-duddy, colonial-esque type of um, space, not a space of reflection, not a space of dialogue. When in fact, we really see Sing Sing Prison Museum as a true model of integration of dialogue, history, humanities, art, a place where we can have really, really tough discussions and think about all of these incredibly complex issues around social justice, around criminal justice, and hopefully be a thought leader in that respect. I think right now I read a statistic that I think historical literacy in this country is that the average historical literacy is somewhere around you know, maybe the eighth or ninth grade. So wanting people to be inspired to learn more is really our goal. And I'm hopeful. I always laugh that when I was at NYU doing my grad work, there were more history faculty members than there were history students. Mm. So it's always my goal as a public historian to try and inspire people to want to learn more about where and how something came to be. Sing Sing Prison, it's funny because it's a name that you've heard Mm -hmm. so many times before. I remember hearing it in cartoons and gangster movies, like, we're going to send you up to Sing Sing. (laughs) I I never knew where it was. It Mm -hmm. was just this imposing sort of prison. And a lot of people from the area don't even know that it's here in Austin. And that's what we're really hoping we can start to change so that people realize how close they actually are you know, they are touching the justice system in the most literal sense. It's in their backyard. You know, my kids play at the Lewis Angles Park all the time. What's right next door, less than 20 feet, is Sing Sing Correctional Facility. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize that. So I think that it's certainly a huge part of our mission to involve and to work with our local community and be a place of community for them. I'm very much looking forward to the day when we can open the doors and and actually have our local community come inside and really start that process. We spoke earlier that COVID obviously has changed everything, including, I'm sure, your timeline. 
what are the next steps for the Sing Sing Museum? What do, what do things look like going forward? Well, we were so lucky, as I mentioned, that we have been awarded this really important grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the Infrastructure and Capacity Grant. This is a challenge grant, so it's incumbent on us to get a match. So for every $3, we get $1 from the grant. So our next steps are really to move forward in our process for fundraising and getting our match. And then we will begin construction. We're going to be renovating both that locker room I discussed earlier and also the garage space. So the whole, what encompasses all of the powerhouse garage. Once that is underway, our next step is to build a secure corridor from the powerhouse garage through Sing Sing Correctional Facility, and that will enter into the historic 1825 old cell block that is inside the correctional facility. And that will be a secure corridor. So people will come, you'll be able to walk through there, enter into the ruin, experience it, but you won't actually be entering onto any of the grounds that is Sing Sing Correctional Facility. Now, you said earlier that you work with with a bunch of different people, really an interesting team that has come together to make this happen. You have a, a Sing Sing Corrections officer mm-hmm. uh, on board. Obviously, uh, your executive director works for the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the people that make up your team? What do sure. they kind of bring to the experience? We have a really wonderful board of trustees. This is a largely local group, which I think is really wonderful for a nonprofit board who have a ton of experience both in nonprofits and stewardship and arts-related endeavors. So we're so lucky, and they are a very active board, which I think that's a very hard thing, I think, to find, especially amongst historical sites and and museums. It's a board that truly, truly cares. On our team, we have uh, Victoria. And then there's the other Nicole, and Victoria is our communications manager, and she does all of our social media and produces all of our webinars. And we have Nicole Hamilton, the other Nicole, and she's our collections manager and has really been working on a um, robust and thoughtful approach to collecting and collecting ethically for the museum, which is a fairly, I think, new thing in museums. You know, it used to just be almost go and pillage and take it and put it in your museum and that's that's not what we're about so it's a really really wonderful team of professionals who are we're all coming from sort of different angles and working towards one goal which has been really fulfilling and wonderful you talked about collecting obviously this is a museum there Mm -hmm. will be artifacts what sort of things are you looking to show so a lot of people reach out to us with work that they were given by possibly formerly incarcerated people or incarcerated people who either designed and or built something while incarcerated at Sing Sing. So we're trying to work through those inquiries and figure out how that sort of fits into our collection plan. We really do want to highlight the work that has come out of the the sort of folk art also that has come out of um, Sing Sing and also the really fine art that has come out as well. So that's a big part of it. And our main artifact, though, is this sort of 1825 old Selbach ruin. Um, And so really doing a lot of work on interpreting how that was built and what the building of it has meant in terms of 
you know, sort of the larger story, not only for Sing Sing, but of incarceration and the history of incarceration in this country, and also globally. I mean, de Tocqueville and Beaumont came here in 1831 to learn about how did we imprison people, and they wanted to then bring it back to France to you know, as a model. So trying to talk about our artifacts in that sense is really important. So you live in Cortland, you work in Austin. There's so much history around here. For Mm -hmm. someone who is a history buff, this must be a very interesting place to live. Oh, totally. I mean, you're a local as well. So you know, I mean, I think my favorite place that we've we just go at least once or twice a week is to the Croton Dam. I mean, just a marvel of engineering and also scary in a way, you know, like that was done by hand. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. So it's such a wonderful area. And and really my specialty and my background, other than sort of immigration in, in the topical sense, is really doing family history and genealogy. And so this is just an extraordinary place in the sense that there are some really old families that have been here, but also the people that came here to build something like the Croton Dam, which were predominantly Italian immigrants that specialize in masonry. So um, those have just been really exciting stories to kind of uncover and learn about. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. Nicole, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. This has been great. Thank you. This is wonderful. To learn more about the Sing Sing Museum, I definitely recommend looking up their website at singsingprisonmuseum.org, where you can also check out their monthly Justice Talks webinar series. You can also find the museum on Instagram at Sing Sing Prison Museum and on Twitter at Sing Sing Museum. River Talk is a production of Rivertown's Media, publishers of the River Journal and River Journal North. For more information, check out riverjournalonline.com slash rivertalk. Do you know someone from the area who would make a great guest on our show? Let us know at rivertalk at rivertownsmedia.com. Rivertalk is executive produced by Alan Begun and Bruce Apar of Rivertowns Media. I'm Christian Larson, and I'll see you next time.